Welcome back to the Speedy Eurocast. I'm your host, Dan Morin. Uh, and it's uh, we're a little, we're down a man tonight. Uh, we are. It, it is and me down. and Guy English. Hi, Guy. Hey, man. John is on an island somewhere, possibly John, in yeah. the air. <laughs> I don't really yeah. know. He doesn't does not like that. There was just a little note he left here for us. Uh, it said, um, "You have failed this podcast," and <laughs> there was a list of names. It was only our names, so I, just, I guess we just kind of seemed easy enough to take care of. Yeah, but, you know, problem dealt with. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, John left us alone, which you know, I'm sure everything will be fine. Um, yeah, but John and airplanes is like the Queen family and getting in limos. <laughs> yeah, not, shouldn't, shouldn't do it. Yeah, not a good idea. He'll be it's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, sure. He'll, he'll be back next year, next week. And if he's not, well, well, we'll find someone new. Yeah, we'll get Lex. <laughs> That's right. Lex loves Arrow. Well, we are here to discuss uh, season one, episode fifteen, Dodger, and season one, episode sixteen, Dead to Rights. Um, yes. Actually, wait, before we start. Yes. Uh, do you have... Do you I have, don't have another opening <laughs> statement, but I do I do appreciate that, we, that we've that we moved to the Biff Book Club. Yes. Um, I'm kind of proud of that one. I'm very excited because I've seen a number of members of the book club who have uh, self-referentially like mentioned the book club. Oh, that's I'm very, awesome. I'm very impressed with like nobody has like slipped up or anything. They're all very... They're on board. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. You'd say that they're a regimented paramilitary book club yeah i mean they're demilitarized <laughs> yeah they're demilitarized yeah they're doing good in the world it's good uh, i love it yeah anyway so uh one of our readers and uh honorary librarian of the of the book club oh yeah this guy alan Yu, uh sent us a link to emergency kittens and one quality, of the kittens account yeah i mean given that last week we started with a bit of a bummer this kitten looks like slade wilson deathstroke it's as his, I'll, I'll put a link faces, in the show notes. Yeah, but uh, yeah, do we have show notes? I can make show notes. It's fine. Yeah, I feel like their show notes should just be an apology. <laughs> <laughs> Someone but else. Yeah, no, but this kitten, this kitten looks like Deathstroke. Like it's it's bananas. Uh, half orange, half black. Yeah. Someone cool. and uh, one of our other listener or readers, one of our other readers, uh, James Farner, uh, who I think we've uh, talked to, who have has mentioned mm-hmm. stuff just before sent a a link into a youtube channel which has the flashbacks in rough order all right yeah yeah yeah. so I've there got is that queued up in a tab somewhere yeah like I'll, I'll definitely spend the time watching all of that when i'm feeling like arrow withdrawal but yeah so yeah. there it does exist someone has started doing it um so we'll put a link i'll put a link to that too yeah anyway thanks book club you guys are you guys are rocking you it. guys are awesome you are our favorite literary mm-hmm. Literate, literary friends. Yeah, we'll say that. Yeah. Um, well, they got to be literate because they got to read this. They got to read this. So. That's true. I mean, yeah. this is not very literate. We don't have to talk literate, but <laughs> yeah, God knows that, that's hard for me that. sometimes. <laughs> uh, all right, so you got your pick, guy. You want to recap Dodger? No, I don't. Rights? You got to do it. Oh, well, I mean, I just watched it, but uh, I didn't take notes because you said you had them. Okay, I do have notes. Am I doing both of these? I guess. All right. I mean, okay. Yeah, I didn't. Sorry. I'd okay, we're gonna busy. we're gonna zip through Dodger because I think it. Well, it's a, I think a, a decent episode. Uh, I think Dead to Rights is much more interesting. So I agree, and I totally want to do the same thing. And I, I, when I started watching Dodger again for God knows how many times, like a lot by this point, uh, I thought it was going to be an Alex. Yeah, 
Yeah, but it's when got, we get to the ritual, we'll, there got, may be a it's surprise. It's got some stuff in there. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. basically, uh, so this is Dodger. It opens with a sort of a jewel heist in which a security guard has essentially been blackmailed by Gaius Baltar. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the actor's name. Uh, James Callis. <laughs> Um, yes. uh, it blackmailed with an explosive collar into stealing a fancy jewel. Um, Oliver's been out, uh, you know, doing his thing, and Felicity uh, locks him into the lair briefly, uh, and basically, you know, reiterates her position like she's not here to help him murder people. Um, yeah, that he, does not go over well. Yeah, so like, there's more. Like, she thinks he should be doing more, basically. Uh, meanwhile, we have a new character introduced here, Frank, who is a, another member of the Undertaking Society. An Undertaker? Is he an Undertaker? Um, sure. And Moira has called him about getting out of the Undertaking, and they talk about it, you know, basically being, uh, it's to, the intention was to fix the glades, something with Frank's daughter. It's unclear, but she wants out. Mm-hmm. Um, but all- it is becoming clearer that these people are... They're up to no of good. good. Of good heart, but but going down a very dark, very wrong path. Right. And more, yeah. Mora clearly is having second thoughts, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, she keeps having husbands murdered from underneath yeah, her. Yeah, sure. So. That'll do it every time. Yeah. Maybe once she can look the other way, but twice? Yeah, yeah that's, you know. that's just that, That's a pattern. Yeah. <laughs> uh oliver and dig visit felicity at work felicity is not surprised to see them dig does get a nice there's a nice bit here where dig's like well you know you know oliver's like i judge that felicity is not the type of person to, to go running to the cops and yeah. dig's like what about me and he's like oh if you done it i would have put an arrow in you and dig's like haha wait what yeah <laughs> and it's unclear whether or not ollie would have done that although i feel like he probably would have <laughs> uh at least season one he would have killed him but he think he would have he slowed him got into him you know yeah, yeah. Uh, so the team learns about the Dodger and Oliver decides to make an exception of targeting the people on the list, which he's done a couple of times. Um, meanwhile, the Dodger delivers yeah. the gem that he stole. Uh, the buyer tries to double cross him. It just seems like a bad idea. The Dodger, the security is not very good for this fence because the Dodger like zaps all of them and then kills the fence. Um, they, uh, the, the team arrow goes to Big Belly Burger. And we see Carly again for the first time in a while. Um, Oliver, under somewhat spurious means, decides like he's going to ask out McKenna Hall, who is our, our detective that we've met once before, who he used to be friends with. Um, kind of so they can bug her phone <laughs> about the investigation. Um, and there's a little back and forth with Dig and Ollie here about you know Dig asking Carly out and Ollie asking McKenna out. Um, seems like a bad reason to ask someone on the day i guess there's more going on there but like also seems like a bad way to start a relationship by bugging <laughs> your date's yeah. phone yeah it's no good but they're, they're they're i guess they're trying to you know yeah. catch a jewel thief so and that whole scene was kind of weird but whatever cw a little cw ish yeah. little CW-ish. also to be to be honest after this much of the season it was kind of cute and uh, worthwhile being cute yeah, like, I mean, like there's, they're teasing Dig about like picking out. Like, it's uh, a little more Carly out and a like, little lighthearted. Yeah, I think, like once nice. Felicity showed up, now it's there's some now, comedy. N- well, I mean, now they can be more fleshed out people. Other yes, than, we're yeah. we're vigilantes. We're on a mission. Right. Yeah. Um, Laurel takes Thea out for hot dogs. Remember Thea is interning at CNRI. Yep, just in case you forgot, she's doing that. Uh, someone steals her purse. Someone in a red hoodie. And they run off. Uh, they think they've got the guy cornered, but then parkour drink 
Uh, they get his wallet chain because apparently he's from the late nineties. <laughs> um, and back, let's see. Ollie uh, goes down to thank McKenna for helping out with she helped she helped with Thea, right? I think that was true with Thea's whole arrest thing. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. Asks about the Dodger case, bugs her phone, then very awkwardly asks out asks her out, which is kind of cute for Ollie. Mm-hmm. Um, they listen in on the call, find out about the murdered fence. Thea, meanwhile, is tracking down the wallet chain using the yellow pages to call secondhand clothing shops. <laughs> All right, sure, whatevs. Uh, does describe also that did not make, sit well with me. The the yellow Calling pages are call- second, oh well, yes. First of all, I wrote this down. In what world does a store give out personal information about buyers? Yeah. A, it's freaky enough if they collect that information about somebody who's buying a wallet. It's not like a car, and you loaning the guy some money I mean, do you really think he bought it with a credit card <laughs> yeah it just doesn't make sense i guess anyway, there's a possibility they could just like know who he is or something but still giving that out is kind of yeah. wacky yeah. uh like, I do... you, know, you know when you try to check out at the supermarket sometimes or some someplace else they ask you like what your area code oh, is. oh yeah yeah like radio, radio shack radio shack used to do that when you bought batteries yeah i find that super invasive yeah i don't like that I either say no or I just lie, but yeah, it's, it's 90210. Yeah, um, exactly, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> the one I use all the time. Um, so I do enjoy that Thea describes him as kind of Abercrombie looking, though. That was amusing. Yeah, uh, and she gets a name, Roy Harper. It's Roy. Mm-hmm. Um, Dig takes Carly out on their date to quote the place that it was like the place to take a girl in high school, which raised an interesting point for me, which I don't think has ever been addressed. Dig is from Starling City. I'm not sure that ever really comes up again, but that seems to suggest that he is. Oh, interesting. Like, I guess it makes sense. I mean, yeah, he goes sure. home after after he's done his tours. Yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense. It just it's not it's not super relevant. It's just a thing where it's like, oh, that's like a little diggle detail that I feel like we have yeah. not heard before. It didn't really. Well, because he doesn't say that he grew up in the Glades. No. Or no. I mean, not that he would have to, but. Uh, He's clearly not from an affluent family, as yeah. like Oliver is. Right. Um, and, and Carly's there, so I guess it makes sense that they're all from, that's their hometown. Yeah, I guess that's, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just does, never thought of it. Anyway. Yeah. He does make the mistake of bringing up his dead brother, and the date goes south very quickly. Pro tip, guys. When you're dating your dead brother's <laughs> ex or widow, you know, don't maybe open with that. Yeah. Um, was, uh, that, well, it wasn't even opening. It was like closing the evening after that. <laughs> That's that even is, worse. Uh, even yeah. worse. Yeah. Uh, if if she was hoping to get lucky, she was not hoping after that. That was uh, that closed down any kind of relationship that we were going <laughs> to yeah. have. Pretty pretty tight. Um, Ollie, meanwhile, is on his date taking McKenna out to a fancy restaurant. He starts having island flashbacks, but he doesn't want to talk about it. She seems kind of put out, and they have to kind of both uh, scram. Um, mm-hmm. E, the Dodgers found a new fence. Hey, it's a Battlestar Galactica reunion because that actress is Rekha Sharma, who played, uh, I'm forgetting her name, but she was like the president's one of aide. Silent, yeah, she was one of the uh, spoiler. Well, who cares? <laughs> it's like 20 years old. Yeah. Um, the, you guys are going to love the last episode, though. Gonna if you ever get there, you're going to love it. Uh, SCPD raids, Dodger runs. Uh, Ollie's got him dead to rights, but he throws a bomb collar at him and flees. Yeah. Um, Which I found fair enough. Sure. Yeah, I'll throw because you he does dodge not an expecting arrow, it, which I yeah, was a little bit like does it twice. Well, I guess the first one's a warning shot, but yeah, yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, uh, yeah, I chucked it up as Ollie trying to scare him, right? But but then 
Ollie does not expect a hand grenade. So Yeah, that's fair. Fair enough, you know? Yeah. Uh, back in the cave, Felicity's, how'd your dates go? I really enjoy that scene where they're both yeah. like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, I love um, it. Felicity, um, which is it, it, yeah this episode was cute I do it, like it's it. got a lot of humanizing touches in it which yeah like nice. they both had crappy dates like neither of them were actually good at dating people yeah which makes sense given yes, who they both are exactly yeah i liked it uh, uh written by jeff johns by the way oh nice yeah, yeah. um so oh no sorry the next one is the next one. Okay, let's right. keep going yeah um felicity is the one to figure out the pattern of the dodgers thefts which are all based on this one decade um and Oliver's like, well, we'll just like get a piece and use it as bait. And she's like, how are we going to get a piece? And there's a nice <laughs> bit where Diggs like, you really have no idea how rich his family is, do you? And Oliver's got a nice like sort of like awkward shrug there at the end where he's like, man, yeah. that's pretty much we're pretty rich. Um, so great. And uh, also, we're finally getting to the. I mean, I did like the voiceovers that we had earlier, mm-hmm. but we don't need them anymore because now. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we we have definitely gotten away from those. Yeah, yeah, now that we have a dynamic, that they can they can do exposition to each other, and it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Lance has dragged in Roy, who spins a story about his mother being hooked on vertigo and medical bills, and Thea decides not to press charges. Uh, Frank says someone will meet with Moira. Um, Malcolm is the only one who knows where Walter is, but she wants a clue um, to sort of help find him. The meanwhile, the Queen family has donated a fancy jewel to a cancer fundraiser. Uh, the gang all shows up; they're all dressed up, including Felicity. There's a typical Felicity lying about the Dodger absconding with your family jewels. Yeah, um, McKenna is there. I really enjoyed the Oliver line. I would rather take my chances with a deadly jewel thief. <laughs> um, someone takes the brooch. Uh, Felicity confronts them. It's the Dodger. Do you call it a brooch? Sorry, brooch, brooch, brooch. No, I, like I'm not even. I'm kind of making fun of you. That's fine. You go ahead. I, I, I'm really, reading. I was called a brooch. It's but, a brooch. I think I, I wrote it down as brooch. I'm not sure if that's right or not now. I think you've it done. is. I think that is correct. You've now. That's, you've that's now, why. Because like, I was wondering if. I mean, I only oh, hear it Oh, it looks from like you mother, can pronounce it both ways. British. Yeah. I would believe that. Okay. Well, someone will, anyway. someone will, someone will write a letter in to our show. Yeah. One of the readers and tell us how to yeah. pronounce it. One of the strengths of doing a, a written podcast in text is that nobody will actually understand what we mean by the pronunciation issues that's right that's true this, they won't show up in the transcript they'll be very confused <laughs> yes exactly um felicity confronts them and then shows up back with a bomb collar dig is going to try to disarm it while oliver goes after the dodger oliver beats up a guy and takes his bike i had a brief moment of like rewinding the scene a couple times to make sure that the guy whose bike he steals is not ron moore the creator of Battlestar galactica because like, oh, well, there's been a lot call. of Battlestar galactica I'm, I'm like mostly sure it's not him, but he does kind of look like him. Yeah, he's got he's got like long he's got dark hair. Yeah, I think, I think he's a little, a little bit rounder than this guy. This guy he, looks a bit more biker tough, you know. Yeah, um, but I do like he takes his he beats him up, takes his bike, but he's just wandering. He's got like the helmet right, and the, yeah. he's still wearing a suit. Um, yeah, I like it. Does he have uh, gloves on? I don't remember. I don't think so. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't because I'm remembering what he ends up doing. And he, yeah. So the yeah, uh, they're tracking him on traffic cams. Interesting thing that I noticed on the traffic cam: the overlay reads "City of Starling Traffic Authority," which sounds very weird. It um, does sound weird. Did you I, notice the street that they were driving down? It was. Was that they mentioned? There's one O'Neal. where it's like O'Neill. This one was O'Neill. Yeah. yeah, they. 
they have like basically most of their streets are just named after people comic writers and comic artists, writers, yeah. yeah. But O'Neill created no, he didn't. He created he's the question. One, I know that much. He's <laughs> one of the. He did. Write, or he wrote the he question. Wrote, he wrote the question. He wrote Green Arrow stuff too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know. I don't know that I've never heard it referred to again as City of Starling. I feel like that's one of the things where like somebody they paid somebody to mock something up who was not really watching the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that stuff is all outsourced to. Yeah. You know, a few I places thought it was in funny. Vancouver. That, it's just when I'm watching it a second time, I'm much more like vigilant about details. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know Thomas, right? My buddy. I know we're yeah, trying to keep yeah. this quick, but yeah. So for a while, he was uh, in Vancouver and he did uh, color timing on Dark Angel. Oh, nice. When I'm bringing that up because it's A, Jessica Alba, but B, uh, Dino's on that show. Oh, oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Anyway, so he was working at one of the. Uh, the sources that the, the outsourced houses that does color timing for huh. stuff in the nineties and like the late, anyway, drove him nuts is basically what I'm saying. Cause it's, it's grueling. Yeah. That doesn't anyway, long like... story short, I'm not surprised if somebody screwed up the, yeah, the, I just found the it comp am- on the thing. amusing yeah. that it had like a seal next to it and it was looked very official. And it's like, if it was any other city name that would like, that would make perfect sense. Um, Oliver drives his motorbike down that same plaza that we see in like every other episode, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, he's carrying an arrow or flechette in his jacket, which he throws at the tire to make the car crash. Um, yeah, sure. Why not? I'm sure he's carrying something. I hope it wasn't a full mm-hmm. arrow because that seems like it wouldn't fit in your jacket. And it would be really uncomfortable. Yeah. He could do that Wonder Woman trick where he sticks it in the back of his dress. Yeah. There you go. It's a good plan. Uh, Dodger threatens to blow up Felicity. Oliver throws an arrow into his arm and suffers his median nerve, so he can't press the button. That is a yeah. nice move. <laughs> I love it, but I'm simultaneously kind of bummed out that he never does stuff like that. Yeah. Season Again. one. Yes, he's, he's a little overpowered. Yeah. Not really, but because that was awesome. That's a total Batman move, though. Yes, that is a Batman move. Um, yeah. The Dodger says, I'm exactly like you. I only steal from the rich and then tries to electrocute him. But Oliver like turns it around and zaps him and says, I'm not Robin Hood. Yeah. I did get the sense that uh, Dodger was BSing. Like he was just trying to buy time. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like he, whatever. I mean, obviously he's setting up to like shock the guy at the same time. But. Um, Dig takes a second attempt with Carly, which seems to go better. Um, and parentheses, I know we haven't seen her yet, but I kind of always wonder, like, does Lila ever mention this? Because I feel like <laughs> that's the kind of thing she'd be like, oh, yeah, remember that time you dated your <laughs> your your brother's widow? Yeah, Johnny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't think she does. I don't think but, she does either, but... But I'm okay with that. I mean, by this point, we don't have to say it, but by later seasons, we're just begging for them to be mature. Yes. And that would be just a weird catty thing to say. Like, I just think I I would appreciate, knowing Lila as a character, I would just appreciate, like, an eyebrow raise out of it, kind of. I feel like... Yes. So I was more... I, I had a similar kind of thought, but I was thinking about uh, if that came up while Andy was in John's favorite jail. I... I and they were playing cards and eating big belly burgers. <laughs> like, so what have you been up to? Uh, kind of dated your, your widow for a bit. <laughs> or, I guess, wife, because you're not dead. I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Made out with your wife. <laughs> you're in the cage sorry um <laughs> yeah it seems like that would have gone over better than beating the he guy, does mention but, his son a bunch right like yeah anyways we'll get yeah well i guess we won't get there we've already done those shows go refer to those episodes yeah um thea goes to the glades to find roy 
he kind of gives her a hard time but ends up giving the purse back except for stealing her cigarettes uh and advises her to stay out of the glades and don't fall for every sob story a guy like me tells the police i was pretty sure the story was made up um but i think colton haynes does a nice job of like just walking that line between i am faking this story but i'm but i'm good at it i think there's enough truth in it that it doesn't matter yeah like maybe those circumstances aren't correct but he's clearly got no parents yeah so whatever there's he wasn't robbing to support his parents we know that but also uh quentin asks him quentin was great in this episode by the way i loved mm-hmm. him uh quentin asks him uh oh what uh do you have something against banks because he just keeps yes. doing petty larceny rather than actually... they're hard to run like run with under my arm <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah which is an i love that i love the dynamic between these two people but also it just sets up Roy to be like I'm not that bad. I'm going to steal like a fancy purse from a rich girl. Yeah. Right. Not hurt. Not hurt anybody. Got a couple hundred bucks. And okay, she's got a lot of spunk and track me down. So whatever. Here's your purse back, lady. Yeah. Like, I like, I, yeah, it's a good yeah. intro for him. Yeah. I'm he's, a fan. He's, yeah. He's not like a gangbanger. He's not like, he's not he, real. He's not trouble. a violent criminal. He is a. No, he's, he's like a, you know, maybe he'll, well, he's, he's still the car at one point. I did think whatever. it was an it's, interesting, it's, um, yeah the not quite foreshadowing but he mentions vertigo you know his mom being hooked on vertigo Mm -hmm. and it made me think of him and his uh his mirakuru problem in season two yeah so you know and like obviously speedy has a like the speedy character originally roy harper in the comics has like a drug abuse arc yeah uh so you know little tip of the hat there i feel like yeah. Um, Ollie goes to see McKenna and asks about, and like they get to talking about the date, and Ollie says, and McKenna says that guy, the guy was kind of a jerk, and then Ollie apologizes and does the "I was on an island" speech. <laughs> yeah, and it totally works for him. So yes, but I, is it the first one? Yeah, I feel like it was the first one that really jumped out at me because it was like really just excusing bad behavior with "I was yeah. on an island." Yeah. Exactly, because he has done it to, I mean, I'm sure he's said it to uh, Thea before. Yeah, I mean, like... In fact, a... I know it, like like when he ran away to, when he, somebody shot at uh, Moira and he ran. Right, and he's right. Like, yeah. I mean, he was legitimately on an island, but it really, I don't know, I guess dating, it's probably pretty weird to come dating after you spend five years, quote, on an island, unquote. Yeah, and one thing that we have said is that, like, he's, by the time the flashbacks are over in season five, he's put all of this behind him so it's a little bit weird that he's flashing back now yes but i'm willing to well a and some we of that is that. just the structure of the series right just, like, yeah we can't help it but also i'm like my head canon goes that well now that he's back in normal life he's like decompressed we're, it's, enough it's like that, we're, it's like um um uh oh shoot they I think they call it re- reverse homesickness or whatever it's like when you when you travel someplace for a long time and then you come back home and like you have the like re-entry friction oh okay maybe he's yeah. got like it's, some it's like the ptsd thing too right like, uh, like that's exactly what i was gonna say it's yeah. like you know when you're in theater maybe you're holding it together but once you get home uh you know that that Man- your head. manifests like as, as you start ways, decompressing yeah. reverse culture in... shock that's what i was thinking of oh okay yeah 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 i've heard of that okay anyway either way I've, I've got enough headcanon to feel okay with this. Yeah, it's, it's all right. Um, Lance shows up and tells McKenna that he wants her to work with him on the vigilante investigation. She seems really excited about this. I also notice he gives Ollie a look at that point. Like, 
he still hasn't quite dismissed that it still could be Oliver, but yeah, he's not yeah. in the habit of arresting him. Yeah, well, he also just doesn't like him. Yes, that too. That's you definitely know? an and, element of it. Yeah, and he's come by before to say, to warn Oliver, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. There's a number of things that are going on there. There's yeah, some like he, Yeah, he's, anyway, um, just doesn't like him. Moira meets with the mysterious individual who turns out to be China Wei and basically says, I want you to kill Malcolm for me. Dun, 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 um, yes. So there's our, there's our threads are equal there. Flashbacks really quick. Uh, Slade's oh, yeah. wound is infected. So Oliver goes back to the cave um, to get the Yao Fei's herbs uh, at the cave. He finds a guy who's been beaten up. This guy claims to be Alan Durand, an exchange student on a fishing expedition. He claims the soldiers found him and attacked him. He's the only person who survived. And it's like, yeah, you can, you can untie me. Ollie does not trust him. Um, the big guy begs Oliver to untie him, tries to convince him it's not a trap. Oliver tells him to turn around and starts to cut the bonds and then says, I'm sorry, because I don't know you, and leaves him there. Yeah, I was trying to look closely. Was there a giveaway or did Ollie just have second thoughts? I think he just was taking to heart basically, you know, Slade. Slade, when he goes to leave, Slade's like, you're not going to last an hour out there. And I yeah. think he's just, this is our first indication that he's become more cynical, right? Like he's, yes. he's, yeah. I, I was about to say he's leveled up, right? Like to a certain extent, like he has gotten some training, he's gotten a taste of combat and he is yeah, yeah, like yeah. starting he's his like survival. Level, level two or three by this yeah, point, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so he, he leaves him there, and then he goes back and gives Slade Yao Fei stuff, and he's doing better. And I Slade still says, don't understand the plan, though. Send a beaten up guy to gain his trust, maybe? Yeah, I figured because they, they wanna... know that he's in the cave, why do they let him go? Well, they find. They, they want to find the plane, right? They don't know that he and Slade. They know Slade's out there, and I think Slade is obviously the person they're, they're more concerned about. Well, and, yeah, rightfully and, so. And the but, cave is the only location, presumably, maybe Yao Fei told them where the cave is? So, Oh, so that guy's it. plan was just to hang out in the cave until Ollie came? Yeah, maybe. It's not a great plan. It has some it's, threads. Yeah, it it's just mainly doesn't make there. a lot of sense. It I doesn't mean, make it, a lot of sense. It's there to like it, make it Ollie works, look a little it works more if you, clever. Right. If you don't worry about it too much and just keep going, it works because there's a payoff for it. So Right. Right. And then so, yeah. Ollie says, you know, or Slade says, like, you didn't get any trouble out there. And Ollie's like, nope, nothing. Nothing happened. Doesn't tell yeah. him. Yeah. Um, I don't think he ever tells him, because even when we get the payoff. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't remember. It's been a little while, but yeah. yeah. Um, so that's Dodger. That went a little longer than expected, but so yeah, sorry, what's your, what's yeah. your uh, overall assessment? Uh, it's not an Alex. It's not an Alex. I think there's enough here to save it, even though the case is very procedural. The interactions between the characters for me, like mm-hmm. it's the interaction between the characters, the introduction of Roy, which is well handled. Yeah. Um, like the case is not important so much as like the case and the villain are not as important as no. the, all the character development that happens. No. Although he does come back, that guy. Yes. Um, there's a lot um, of setup here too, right? Like the whole thing with Moira and yeah. her machinations. Yes. It was a filler episode, but. Well, sorry, when I went into it, I, I, I always chalk it up as a filler episode. It's not quite that. It's, it, they move the pieces around. Yeah. But the actual main conflict is eh, kind of kind of minor. Yeah. Kind of forgettable. Yeah. So, I don't know. Let's give it... Uh, uh, what was the villain's name played by that guy that was on iZombie? 
Oh, uh, last week, you mean? Yeah. Cyrus Vanch. Okay, let's make this episode of Cyrus Vanch. Oh, this is a Vanch. Okay. So, like, yeah. a mildly personable villain, uh, but in an otherwise kind of forgettable episode. Or, you know, fine episode, solid episode, but not, like, neither yeah. terrible nor great. Yeah, it's not a Biff. It's not Biff, but it's not Alex. Yeah. Okay. We're serviceable, workable, good stuff. Yeah. But, gets, from, gets from A to B. Yes. All right, let's move on to episode 16, Dead to Rights. Um, this is a big one. A lot happens here. Yep. Uh, so a lot of different threads. We basically start with a, uh, a helicopter landing. McKenna is headed there. Uh, the guy shows up, but the hood's already there. This guy's handy with knives. But Ollie kills him, takes his phone, and runs just as the cops show up to find a dead guy. We get the idea he was sort of some sort of hired gun or hired assassin. Um, back in the cave, uh, Arrow Cave Dig is training Felicity and saying, like, I'd feel better about this if you could, like, you know, have a little self-defense. It seems in, in re-watching this, it's much more, like, um, understandable coming off of Dodger, where, like, she has been briefly, you know, grabbed right. and, like, had that bomb, the bomb collar put on, which Dig diffuses. Um, yeah. Or sort of diffuses, I guess. Uh, so, like, basically, it makes sense that she should get trained in some fashion. Yeah. In fairness, uh, Dodger seemed pretty decent at combat anyway. Yes. So, yeah. I don't know if it would have helped. No. But- also, uh, I haven't looked it up, but, uh, and again, sorry, going back to that episode, it's Artful Dodger, right? From Yes, the Oliver yeah, Twist. The, Oliver Twist, yeah. Okay, that's the, the concept of it. The concept, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, Ollie shows up, gives him the phone he took, which is damaged, and asks Felicity to hack it so they can find the target. This guy is an assassin. Um, meanwhile, Oliver goes to meet McKenna, and they're going to Tommy's birthday party in in Laurel's apartment, and uh, McKenna picks up a picture of a young girl with a black canary, and it turns out it's not Laurel, but it's Sarah. My notes say foreshadowing in giant letters. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a knock at the door, and it's Malcolm, uh, which Laurel invites in. Weirdly enough, doesn't close the door behind him. Sure, whatever. That's just staging, I guess, but it was, I, I always like when... People always point out to me things like, you know, hey, people never say goodbye on the telephone on TV shows. Yeah. Uh, and it's like things like this where it's like they left the door open. Be- I don't think most people would do that, but so it's th- a staging thing, I think. Yeah, it's a staging thing. I'm also kind of okay with it because he almost immediately says that um, I can't stay. And and they don't want him to stay. So they it's don't kind want of him like to stay. A- and by leaving the door open, it's maybe uh, less invasive, perhaps. Yes. Yeah. He's also got a guy. He's got a like a henchman outside yeah security so, guy yeah um anyway that i just a weird detail it I was guess. a little weird but I'm, I'm fine with it um malcolm i showed up he brings tommy a present for his birthday he's also they have a little chat and he says i'm getting an award it would really be important for me if you were there and i'm really sorry i've been a jerk dad i'd like to do better etc tommy's having none of it at this point mm-hmm. um me do you believe him? uh tommy or malcolm malcolm i do believe malcolm um less so right now like right now it seems like he could still be playing an agenda but as the episode goes along i become more convinced yeah um someone is at the bloodhaven apartments uh hey it's china way she's here to hire this mysterious figure who is none other than floyd lawton deadshot is still alive uh china way says basically like there's nobody better for you than this job and she's like well my vision isn't exactly what it used to be because of course ollie put an arrow Smacking in near it's really hard to tell 
the makeup i mean obviously they're not doing a whole makeup thing of making it look like he doesn't have an eye he just has like a cloudy eye it's like if a sharp arrow went into your eye i feel like it would actually probably do a lot more damage than that but uh yeah he'd be screwed yeah i mean first like, i mean probably would have gone through his brain but <laughs> maybe yeah not. but you could sure i mean you he's could live through weird stuff but He's fine. So anyways, I wouldn't want to try that one. He gets the little robotic eyepiece here, which looks better than the one that he has in the first episode. Yeah. Um, Much, much better. Um, Frank returns, confronts Moira, and she says the assassination of Malcolm is going to happen at that aforementioned uh, award ceremony. Um, The undertaking is still only a few months. They have to go to a big meeting. The undertaking is only a few months away. And a big part of it is because Queen uh, Consolidated acquired Unidac, which was the big merger way back in that third episode, the first Deadshot episode. Um, And all and and Malcolm says, we won't fail this city. Um, Unidac's important. Like it is the first time I watched this uh, season. I, I was it's, like, okay, random company name. I'm not paying attention. Right. But it keeps but coming back. when you rewatch it, it's yeah. like, oh, man, stuff's building. And they've been meticulous about it. They have. Yeah. I, I full yeah. credit to that because I, I noticed how much more, like, same with you. I sort of, like, like blocked it out because it just yeah, seemed like they're a just, like, name. placeholder words until, you know, go back and watch it again. And holy cow, this is yeah, they've, just they've well, been, they've well been done. They've been building you know? this. Yeah, and it yeah. seems like, again, we have this group of one percenters, but it seems, as to your previous episode, um, it seems like there are good and sort of good intentions here somewhere, but we don't really know still what's going on. Well, the goal was to uh, improve the Glade so that people don't have to suffer the way that they did. Right. Although the Queens didn't suffer, but they I don't just think we altruistically get, wanted to improve it. I don't think we get that all here, but no, we no, do get, no. we get hints at it here. We get hints of it in that everybody that's been involved in this undertaking has in some way. Yes, they have a personal somebody. connection. Yeah. yeah. I believe she, does she say that exactly? Um, I don't remember. She's, she says something to, to Frank about like, you know, like, we all know why we're doing daughter. this. Right? Yeah. He's, yeah. She says, she specifically mentions Frank's daughter in the previous episode, but we don't right. know exactly what happened. We can yeah. just, we're and sort we of left to fill in the details. And we know Malcolm we found previously. Out, we find yeah. out more about Malcolm, especially in this episode too. Yes. Yeah. Um, back in the cave, uh, Felicity, uh, the air cave, Felicity is trying to hack it, um, hack the phone. We, we do learn that her middle name is Megan. Random detail. Oh yeah. Um, I think that's, that's a random detail forgotten to anybody that works on the show too. Yeah. I, I don't think it's ever come up again. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, she pulls up the last call, which came from a Chinese restaurant, which dig confirms as a front for the Chinese mafia. So Tommy decides or Ollie decides to take Tommy to the restaurant. Um, we basically, this is a really nice scene because we find out a bunch of stuff here, including, uh, Malcolm disappeared after his wife's funeral for two Mm -hmm. years and then came back and was super cold. A thing that we later see in flashback, as I recall. Um, and then, Uh, yep. Tommy talks about, yeah, you see him leave. Tommy talks about, um, how Robert was more of a dad and Oliver sort of commiserates and says like, well, you know, he wasn't perfect either. He's got a lot of, I've got a lot of anger towards him, but like at the end of the day, he would he's still my father so you know i love him essentially 
Yeah. This um, episode is so well. This one's written by Jeff Johns, by the yeah, way. Yeah, this is this is tight stuff here because then it's so good. This yeah. the next scene I think is is fantastic. Oliver sees a guy with a tattoo and goes to the restroom. He basically jumps a couple guys in the back room. He like turns off the power, jumps a couple guys in the back room, including And spraying. he drops from the ceiling and yes. I have no idea how, how he, he does there? that. I don't know. Whatever, who cares? Doesn't matter. But it's he awesome. sprays hot sauce in the eyes of one of the guys, which is amazing. Yeah, I love it. Beats yeah. them up speaks chinese to that guy and is like interrogating him about working for the triad and essentially gets like he basically gets i'm trying to remember what like he gets a detail that helps him at that point right uh, it's happening tomorrow to- is the detail that he gets right they still don't know who it is yeah that guy doesn't know who he is yeah or uh, who the target is yeah yeah um and so we get and then he basically disappears and the smart thing i really you know is that oliver has like like shot hot sauce in this guy's eyes so he can't see him like because yeah. he's he's in civvies and like both these episodes he does a lot of like this one and dodger he's in civvies for like part of the action scenes which we I, we both like i think i love it i'm such a sucker for ollie and civvies it's so yeah. much better i mean like i thought about that as he's like getting up i'm like all right i remember kind of vaguely he has to go interrogate these guys but i was like oh he's not gonna have brought his gear with him right like that would be super conspicuous but so of course he just finds improvises and finds a way to deal with it without needing to be all you know hooded up yeah i love it so so much we also get the guy say he spoke with a perfect accent and he's definitely chinese um which is another sort of fortran thing which i was super fascinated by because oliver does spend time in hong kong in season three and he does learn some Chinese there, as I recall. Yeah. Um, he's there for like a year, right? Yeah. 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 So I guess that's enough time to pick up a lot, yeah. to, a lot of Chinese. Plus, uh, plus on the island, he's been hanging out with uh, that's true. Shadow, Shadow and, and Yao Fei. Uh, and Yao Fei. I would, so, I would guess that even after maybe two years of that, I would be surprised if he had a like perfect, perfect act, like indistinguishably from somebody. a Chinese person. That seems tough. <laughs> Yeah, but the other thing is they are uh, the triad in America. So True. perhaps like an American tinge to to a perfect accent is not uncommon. It's know? also like a it, weird I mean, it's set up yeah. that line is mainly set up for a sort of mystery and also sort of humor, right? Cuz it cuts directly from there to Oliver yes. sitting back at the table saying, "Check, please." But of yeah. course, yeah. I don't think oh, if I so were funny. accosted by someone who spoke English, I wouldn't say, "Oh, he spoke with a perfect accent," right? Like that would be no, weird. no, yeah. The, the line doesn't make sense. He it wouldn't just say it. Actually, but spoke it, with it, a perfect it, accent, definitely Chinese. That's telling so us definitely do not look at the guaylo sitting out there eating right, fish. Exactly, yeah. and, and not only that, but yeah. like, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, we're basically being told there, there's no way. All props to Stephen Amell. There's no way his accent is perfect, so we need no, somebody no, no. to tell us who seems to be authoritative yes. yeah. that his accent was perfect. Yeah, yeah, and I'm fine with it. Like a it's, lot of this stuff, like bit. the way that he's good at computers and all that, I can yes. head in the way of uh, stuff that Amanda Waller taught him. Yeah, in Argus before, like that we didn't see because it's boring watching him sit in language classes. Right, right. Yeah, he's, so, we're not going to watch whatever. intensive, intensive Cantonese or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, Lance gets a call from the vigilante telling him that there's probably another contract killer on the loose, but Lance and McKenna Hall are going to try and catch the vigilante. Um, we see China Wei planning the assault on Merlin and basically telling people like her, her team that they need to take care of uh, Malcolm's bodyguards and that Lawton will do the rest, and Lawton's been all geared up. Mm-hmm. Um, we see various people getting ready, Moira and Tommy getting all dressed for this thing. Uh, Laurel's mom calls her and she hits ignore. Um, 
yeah, Tommy is like, yeah, I decided to go after all. I think, you know, because of the impact of the conversation he has with Oliver. Um, and so he's off as well. At the event, this, this is where I start to, I think that this, like, the complexities of this show, I think, get very interesting starting around mm-hmm. now. Malcolm asked Moira to dinner afterwards. Like, hey, like, we used to have dinner, you know? This is all the more telling when you think forward and realize, like, they had an affair at one point, right? Yeah. And so not only is there clearly some feeling there, but also, you know, that's coupled with the whole dramatic irony of, like, she has orchestrated his assassination. Yeah. Uh, And there's a lot of layers going there. And full credit to Susanna Thompson, who plays every one of those layers at this point. And and John Barrowman is fine. I miss her so much. Yes, I agree. I think they did the right thing by her character, and I was so happy to see her back at the end of uh, season five. But, uh, man, she really contributed a lot to the show. It's it just fascinating stuff because of all the, the various agendas that are going on here, right? Yep. Like, we've already yep. seen the vigilante take on Moira, and Moira shoot the vigilante, and, like, it just keep going. There's more layers here. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, Frank was like, oh, I don't see how you can talk to her, talk to him that way. And, and, um, and Moira says, I've been living this lie for five years, you know, basically since, since Robert was murdered, which she kind of knew the yacht was sabotaged, right? So, like, she's been playing up to Malcolm for that whole time. Yeah. Well, she certainly knew when she had it salvaged. Right. Right. Exactly. So I would go with suspect. And then, you know, she's sitting on a warehouse full of proof. So, right. That's that's gotta be an ugly place to be in your head. Indeed. Um, Malcolm gets his award. That's actually Pike who introduces and hands out the award, which I thought was a little weird. I don't know why it's him, but that's definitely the actor. So yeah, interesting. Whatever. Um, but it, isn't it? It's an award from some committee for the. It's like the municipal committee. Right, like oh, it's, it's the municipal thing. Okay, yeah. So it's not like a private thing. Yeah. Who cares? Whatever. I like that guy. Let's just throw he's him a great. paycheck. I, it's, it's. I like. Yeah. I like that he's in there. Um. I. Yeah, it's just. Too. It. I think they hadn't quite. It was one of those things where they probably like cast this actor and was like, "Yeah, we've used him before, but we don't know if that character is coming back." So like, maybe it's that character. Maybe it's not. He's never named. But like, yeah. yeah retro canonically, it basically is. Yeah. Yeah. He's. He's. You know. He's. Adjacent family to the show, so just bring him on and have him do a few lines, and it's fine. Um, I, I certainly didn't ask any questions the first. Like, I, yeah, I didn't think I about it, it. it but like, I sort yeah, of stopped whatever. this time. I was like, yeah. "Oh, it's definitely him." Yeah. Um. Uh. So let's see here. Lost my place. Ah, uh, China Wei is here in a wig, or I guess Kelly, whose actual hair color. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> the triad she, that the the striking white hair works remarkably well she just looks like a very different person yeah i think they do a nice job of that yeah. it, it definitely feels much more uh much more plausible yeah um let's see here okay uh mckenna and ollie are having dinner i wrote in parentheses in the club question mark uh which it clearly is like they're just sort of sitting among like all the construction stuff i can't be well he he talks about it does he oh well he mentions that he is like the stage is going to be over there and then he talks about the bands that they're going to get and then he he's totally unhip to bands 
Oh man, I totally blacked out a big chunk of that. Oh well, and that—that's why Diggs next door. I know Diggs next door. Yeah, that does come up. Like, yeah, so like it actually makes sense, and it's like, hey, look, I'm, why don't I show you what I do with my time? I'm, I'm trying to bring this club up. <laughs> Let me show you what uh, I deputized my friend to do with our time. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but whatever. I, I was okay with it. They're having a picnic in his club. It's funny. I just thought it's like super romantic. Yeah. Um, it's also, hey, guess what? We've got this set. So we're going to go have a picnic in the set. Yep. Um, so, um, she asked for honesty. Do you think you can do that? And he's like, Oh yeah, totally. Um, that's, Mm. that's not going to be a problem at all. I'm sure. Um, so, uh, Uh, that wouldn't bug me. So, I mean, a, it bugs me, obviously that's set up, but we've just had that so often over the years of the show that it's this was maybe the first uh example of it and it's fair enough like that's that's a reasonable thing for to to discuss at a, on a date i suppose seems a little early but whatever uh but the fact that this show just plays with the honesty factor over and over and over and over it's getting a little tired you know yeah so I have to ignore those feelings of what's coming up to sort of make this not bug me. But yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Felicity cracks the phone and discovers the target. Diggle goes to Ollie to tell that him that the target is Malcolm. Ollie calls Lance and basically tells him, like, set up a perimeter. Don't get anybody hurt. And Lance is like, we don't work for you. Um, Malcolm at the event uh, talks about how the true humanitarian was his wife, Rebecca, who dedicated herself to helping build the glades. And it has a whole story about her getting murdered and saying if the person knew who, he, who she was, I like to think that she like they would have helped her to her car because she did so much for all the people there. And he says, basically, I failed the city. And he promises to do more and feel like he, he's really earned this award. And it's so hard to tell because John Barrowman is so good. Like, he seems less smarmy here then yeah. we've seen malcolm so far like it seems more honest and i think i mean obviously his wife's death is the thing that has dr- driven him mm-hmm. throughout the entire his entire backstory so it yeah. makes sense that he would be honest about this and i think he truly honestly does believe like because he kind of the veiled illusion villain stuff is him being like i think it will all be much better in a few months and he kind of yeah eludes yeah. that but I think he really believes it, right? He is not necessarily one hundred percent convinced. Uh, later on in the show, when he's in his uh, in this episode, when he's in a, the hospital bed, yeah, he talks about Nanda Parbat and like a guy. Like I totally believe he's bought into that cult of uh, the League of. Well, I guess it's League of Assassins in this show. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I totally believe it. But one standout thing that I wanted to call out was um, when he talks about uh, his humility of, of winning the prize. Um, uh, Tommy smiles. Yes. And yes. the first, this is the first time I've noticed it. Um, we get a shot of Moira looking at Tommy. Yes. And looking very worried. Yes. Cause she knows what's about to happen. And she's like basically having second thoughts. Like, right. oh, God, I, she's can't, re- I can't, I can't do this to poor Tommy. He, I can't take someone's father from them basically. Right. Like exactly. it's sort of a resonance yeah. with, yeah. with Robert being murdered. Like, yeah. And she, and I agree. Tommy's as close to, a son outside of the family that she's going to get, right? Like, that kid grew up. He just walks into the house whenever he wants. Yeah. Like, they're, they're extended family, for sure. So, that's... Anyway, I, I just loved... It, that added a little bit of uh, 
little bit more depth to, to yes. Moira Queen. I, th- I think that's a nice bit. Yeah. It's a good catch. And it's played so well. It's played so subtly. And it, like, I'd, I'd liked the first season when I saw it, but I really only, once I came back after watching the second season, I appreciated it more. And now, having done this again, man, th- these guys were firing on all cylinders right out of the gate. Yeah, I think I think especially yeah. you a couple know, of hiccups every now and then, but this stuff is just gold. Yeah, I think this is this is really solid stuff. This episode yeah. is is pretty pivotal. Um, yeah. All right, so China Way triggers the fire alarm. Uh, the triad takes out Malcolm sister, Malcolm security. This is telling too, right? Malcolm thinks of Tommy immediately, and like yep. this is a moment where we have the camera on him. He is not performing in front of anybody else. This is a real moment yep. that we are getting from him um lawton is lining up his shot but merlin doesn't come outside and so lawton tells him china way to drive him upstairs uh ollie shows up to save them from when they get pinned down by a couple gunmen and tells them to run um, merlin goes up to the penthouse uh where he has a panic room uh ollie confronts china way and starts fighting with her gunmen confront malcolm and tommy uh, this is a moment too that's really great because basically they round the so corner great. and there are guys pointing guns at them and Malcolm makes this calculation and he's like well basically I have a bunch of bodyguards but a lot of that is for show because as we already know he is the dark archer so he is incredibly uh, competent at this kind of thing and so he looks at Tommy and realizes you know basically I can keep my secret or I can save my son those are my options and oh, he, so, he chooses Tommy yeah he does and uh, he, yeah. So again, this is the first time I noticed it in, in this rewatch this evening. Um, when the guns are pointed at him, he's just standing there. As soon as the other guy goes to point the gun at Tommy, he kills them both. Well, yeah. he, he just destroys them. Right. Like it's no longer like, okay, I'm in control of this and whatever. I can figure it out. Once the gun moves off him and it's, he's just, he's at it. I kind like, of, part of me wonders. Yeah, I, I think we talked about this a little bit in the in the uh, Dark Archer episode, mm-hmm. but kind of part of me wonders if it wouldn't have been better to hold that reveal, like because you know we yeah, it's yeah. it's always the playing with the dramatic irony versus the surprise, right? Like because we know going into this that he's extremely capable in combat, and you yeah. know I think there's certainly the argument I guess is the dramatic irony holds up a little better over rewatchings, right? Like the fact that we know something. Mm-hmm. You know, he lends it more layers than if it's like the surprise plays once, and then once the surprise has been executed, it's never going to be a surprise again, right? Yeah, I think that's true to a certain extent, but I think it's also worth recalling uh, that after the reveal uh, with the the Dark Archer episode, we went on Christmas break. Yes, it was like Captain Picard got kidnapped by the Borg, and now yeah. he's going to. It sits. Fire. It's it sits there, you know. So while I agree with you, I can see it both ways. You know, are you going to come back after the break? You really want to leave some like a, a teaser. You want know, to you want a teaser, yeah. right? You you want to have something to come back yeah, to. It's why it's so different watching the show, binging it on on yes. Netflix as opposed yeah. to watching it live when it airs, right? Yeah, there's you know there's tactics to this, and frankly, it's uh, you know. It's television, so ad breaks factor into the pacing and stuff. It's it's a different way of writing than you would necessarily write if you didn't have to factor in the realities of TV schedules and 
time limits and all of that kind of jazz. Yeah, yeah, it's a totally different yeah. beast. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they were amazing at it. Yeah, I pretty I, much you know a couple of duds every now and then, but but it's truly truly amazing. It's yeah. a nice scene where you know basically Malcolm not only takes him out but kills them, and and Tommy looks startled, but Malcolm yeah. is just sort of dragging him along. Yeah. Um, and importantly, he doesn't have to kill that guy. Yes, he decides not to, and he you know basically says essentially he would have killed us. There's no reason for me not to. Yeah, kill like him. he's got the gun to his head. He could have just whacked him or something. And he's got like his. He's in a prone position. He, he executes him. Yes, that's a better way of putting it. He, he doesn't is. kill him in some kind of combat thing. He, the guy is prone, and he just executes him. Right. Yep. Agreed. Mercilessly. Yes. Yeah. Um. So at that point, um, a uh, we get Malcolm sort of takes him into the room and says the doors are locked the windows are bulletproof or it's we're good it's over and tommy's like well how did you know how to do that you know yeah. fight and kill these people and and merlin basically opens his like interior panic room which shows the dark archer gear and i feel like you think he's gonna tell tommy right now oh he's definitely gonna he's got like a little smile on his or, yeah he's he got has a little an air of pride face. on his face it's like look i'm gonna bring him into the fold he's gonna finally understand that i'm doing good I think Tommy would have freaked out because he's yep. not insane. Like, well, well, we that, see, we see basically a parallel universe version of this play out, exactly, shortly, which is fascinating. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But but Malcolm, because he's pretty delusional, uh, thinks he's about to reveal this big thing to Tommy, right. bring him into the plan. Uh, you know, Luke, come with me, and together we can right. overthrow exactly. the emperor. Kind of moment, like we. Together we can we can solve the problem with the glades, uh, but then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, uh, Floyd Lawton shoots a grenade through the window. So I guess those <laughs> that glass isn't grenade proof. Did you? I don't know about you, but I kind of chuckled at how much explanation went into the doors being how impregnable it all is. Well, the impregnable thing I was okay with because whatever. But the fact that so the doors are magnetically sealed. And then Tommy asks, like, well, what if they cut off the power? And then, oh, this is on, on a separate grid. Did we need that much explanation for the doors, which don't factor into the rest of the scene? It seems like overkill, but I think it's intended to show his, like, false sense of security, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, because he does talk about, okay, the glass is bulletproof. And then guess what? It's not great. Uh, throw a grenade through it. Not so much. Although we have to say that... Uh, the armor car highest. Yes, same thing. Prove to us that grenades just go. They go through anything. <laughs> they get a free pass through glass, basically. <laughs> Bulletproof or not, sorry. Yeah. Um, Oliver, meanwhile, is fighting China Wei. Gets the upper hand, basically has her at arrow point. But McKenna shows up to take him down. Um, in the uh, in the penthouse, Lawton shoots Malcolm in the shoulder slash chest. He goes down. Meanwhile, Oliver shoots the fire extinguisher, which basically. Sprays a lot of, you know, smoke everywhere, and he uses that as an opportunity to escape. Yeah. Um, did you, sorry, did, did you think that Ollie would have killed uh, No, Chinaway? I don't. Um, no. Mm, he had her at bow point. He hesitated. He would have done it if he was going to do it. That's, yeah. But he did kill the other guy. And I'm curious, because every time he fights her, he never kills her. Yeah, I don't know if it's just a narrative convenience where it's like we want this recurring villain. Yeah, or, which is good because I like her. Yeah, she's good. Or, yeah, or maybe it's like okay, we can't have Ollie murder like 
executing women. Yeah. Which is definitely like that's double as bad double as standard. What, well, it's as bad as what Merlin just did, right? If not worse, because Sure. He's got a debt to rights at that point. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. He doesn't ha- he's lucky he doesn't have to answer this question. Yes, that's that's where I'm going with that, is that they both escape under the cover of uh Fire extinguisher sure. stuff. You know what else? You know what the worst move was? Uh, McKenna fires her weapon. Yeah, I don't get that. That didn't make any Through sense. Through smoke at a moving body. It's like, uh, that's pretty what sure if, that's not in the police yeah, training handbook. civilians. There's a lot of issues yeah, there. Yeah, God knows what's happening. Maybe I'm more sensitive to it now because since then there's been like a lot of issues with police. Well, it's a weird... Has. There always has been, but it's more in the social conscience right yeah. now. It is weird to just you know you shouldn't shoot, you like, shouldn't be shooting at a target you can't see that is yeah a little that bit is, that God is kind of what a, gonna hit yeah. as a safety thing right there yeah. yeah um so malcolm passes out oliver shows up picks up the bullet and uh like basically tommy has pulled a gun i'm not sure where he got that he pulls it Mal- off of uh, malcolm, malcolm- Malcolm took the guy's gun, shot him in the head with oh, it, right, right, right. stuffed so it in his pants or something. Okay, like so he takes the gun, he's yeah. pointing the gun at, at the hood. Um, yeah. Oliver sort of is like, you know, trying to keep things calm. He picks up the round and smells curare. Why he thought to smell the bullet, I don't know. It's good, good instincts, I guess. Um, and yeah. He, yeah. he wants I'm to... O- I'm okay with that. Uh, like a sniper... Yeah, I, I don't the last think, sniper we saw was this, but anyway. Yeah. yeah, it's a little convenient, right? Like, it, I would have liked for there to be some clue it was Floyd Lawton before the curare, because then he would I, know to be like, oh, shoot, the, bu- the bu- bullet's poisoned. Um, yeah. Well, okay, headcanon moment. Uh, <laughs> his, his, his sense of smell is finally developed. He can smell the curare without even picking it up, and he knows there's something suspicious about it, so he decides no, to investigate all he further. Gets, all he gets into that room... Not through the doors, which have been explained endlessly that he can't get in that way. But he comes through the hole in the in the sure that was blown out. So I don't know. I'm kind of okay with him being like, okay, the grenade just went off and a crazy sniper shot just took out Merlin. This is clearly a super professional guy. Meanwhile, I'm trying to talk down my buddy, and there's a bullet on the floor right here. Like, why not inspect it? Sure. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. You know what? So it's, one thing that bugged me about the bullet was that it was a perfectly formed bullet so that we know it's a bullet. The, how would that get when there? In, well, when in fact, it, it, if anything, it bounced off his vest, I guess. Doesn't make sense. Is it a bullet like, or a shell casing, too? It's, it's not a shell casing. It's okay. a bullet. Okay. If it was a shell casing... That would that make would, no sense. <laughs> no, it would be insane. I, right. The bullet would yeah. have had to not, hit not something... Not that the show needs to make yeah. a lot of sense, but minimum but sense is good, you know? If it hit something, it would have been flattened, though, right? Like, there's no yeah, way... it would it be can, flattened, yeah. yeah. Even if yeah. it hit a vest and popped out, it would be, like, the, the kinetic force flattens the bullet, and that's what does the, the damage, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, All it right, wasn't. We'll let, we'll let whatever. it go. Just, well, for the sake of... I mean, if you just p- picked up, like, a hunk of, like, mutated metal... And sniffed it, it would make even less sense than, you know, what we saw. Anyway, whatever. So Oliver wants to help Malcolm, and he suggests that they should basically do a blood transfusion because he's been poisoned, needs to flush the bad blood out with good blood, and basically says, you know, you're a son, you should be able to do this. And 
And Tommy asked the $64,000 question, why should I trust you? And Oliver reveals himself and says, because you always have. Turns off off the voice. Turns off his voice thing. Takes off his hood. Yeah. Um, There's a moment, like, Tommy's basically in shell shock for a lot of the rest of the scene, sort of. So Ollie sets up the transfusion. I do like that he says Oliver, because while it sounds contrived a little bit when you watch it, uh, I think that's probably what I would like. If you bust in and revealed yourself to be a superhero, well, I wouldn't be surprised because you're pretty super. But if if Moltz bust in and revealed himself <laughs> to be a superhero, I'd be like, John? Yeah. You? Where'd you get the costume? Yeah. 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 Um, and also, I'm not sure if I buy the, the medical mumbo jumbo, but fine. Sure. Whatever. You can have different blood pat- uh, types than your parents, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's it's my understanding is it's more it's more complicated than that, but in for the purposes of storytelling, yeah, sure, yeah. whatever. Um, well, the other the other thing I was okay with was like, well, maybe if they're different types, uh, that can be fixed later, later rather than what's going to happen immediately. You know? Yeah. Well, it's but also anyway. to give us a moment of of Oliver showing his competency of being able to set up a blood transfusion in the field right more yes more yeah. macgyver oliver yeah right um yeah and it is season one so having all of these little treats dropped right like his perfect chinese this field medic stuff it's like how the hell does he learn all this when he's basically a goof in the flashbacks yeah yeah um tommy thanks him malcolm comes to you long enough to grip tommy's hand um afterwards tom mckenna sort of invest like you know, interrogating Tommy, and he's like, I don't know anything about him, other than he helped us, and Lance is like, hey, it's pretty weird that he saved you here, and he saved you and Oliver Queen back in in the first episode, and you know, Tommy gives this very blunt sort of, you know, I don't know who the hell he is, and you got this, like, great, great delivery by Colin Donnell there, just being like, you know, yeah, I know this is ostensibly my friend, but I don't understand what has happened to him. Mm -hmm. Um, so, Ollie uh, basically shows up at the hospital, or he comes back, and, and Malcolm is in the hospital. Oliver tells Dig that Lawton is alive. I could not remember. I went through my notes looking for this. I couldn't find the moment when we find out that Lawton killed Andy. It's not mentioned in the first Deadshot episode, I'm pretty sure. But I feel like it's mentioned as a throwaway uh, in the is in the episode after that where he tries to get Dig to join up with him. Wait, so in the first episode we see Lawton on his chest, tattooed. On we his know, chest. we know that, but I couldn't remember when Dig found out because he doesn't know. He knows his brother was murdered, but I didn't think he knew who did it. Like I feel like he found that out later on. I feel like I should remember this, unfortunately, because I'm sure it's come up in the episodes we've watched so far. But, like, I just... I am... Yeah, I'm drawing a blank myself. Because I thought it was... A little, like, it, it stopped me for a moment there being like... Because he's like... Lot, oh, no, wait, Oliver alive. tells him. Oliver tells him. Yeah, I was going to say, but when, when does that happen? It happens right after Ollie brings in Dig. Okay. When Dig's lying... Okay, so uh, Lawton shoots... Him. Uh, Dig, accidentally. Uh... Ollie drags him to the to the, the lair. cave, uh, juices him up on the uh, the herbal life. When Dig comes through and stops trying to beat up Ollie, Ollie explains to him that he took out Deadshot and that Deadshot 
killed his brother. Okay. I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember. I'll have to go back and check at some point. I think that's true. Or so one of our I readers think, will chime in. Yeah, yeah. Book club. Book club. Uh, go find to, go find to that back. clip for us. Yeah, go uh, get some Dewey Decimal up on this and uh, figure that out. Um, <laughs> were your parents librarians? I'm sorry. They were. Like, that's fine. M- I, mutilating their, their, it's totally their fine. incredibly it's, honorable uh, profession. Library yeah. Congress system, clearly. Everybody, come yeah. on. No Dewey Decimal oh, here. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, on the hospital, Ollie sees McKenna, and they have this moment of talking about how their lives are complicated, but they're willing to try to figure it out. So, apparently, they're going to stay together, even though she's hunting him down. <laughs> um, Malcolm yeah. wakes up. Tommy tells him he was shot and the bullet was laced with poison, but the vigilante saved him. That's a good reaction, too, right? Because Malcolm... I love so, it. this is the whole layers thing, right? Like, Oliver saves Malcolm knowing nothing more than he's my, you know, he's kind of a jerk, but he's my, my best friend's dad. Whereas, you know, Malcolm, knowing he is the Dark Archer, also knows that, like, you know, the vigilante has saved him, not knowing who the vigilante is, but, like, realizing that there must, at this point, he must be starting to put things together and thinking, like, why is this guy saving me? Like, if he knew that I was the Dark Archer, like, or if he knew I was one of the 1%, like, I feel like there must be, like... He's, but when Malcolm does figure, like, find out, yes, he's shocked. He seems genuinely surprised. So I think that he's like, I think that his, so my reading at least was the look on his face at this point, uh, was that like, oh, this vigilante is legit. Like, he is saving people. He wants to save people. He doesn't just have like a, uh, you know take out all the one percenters kind of mission yeah i just he has a sense of justice to him which i think makes him admire him a little I, bit. i i don't disagree with that to. but i feel like okay. there must be a, a question raised in there is like why did like he knows the that he more or less knows the vigilante is working from the list right mm-hmm. so he must be i mean i guess his name isn't on the list because he's the maker of the list right or yeah. In some way, but he maybe. also knows that the list is a list of bad guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think if he would be puzzled as to why the guy, why the vigilante saved him, and and starts to sort like start thinking about that. I don't know. There's not. There's yeah. a lot to take away from that one little yeah, glance, yeah. but it is an and, interesting. And I'm sure it. Uh, honestly, uh, this is one of those areas that the writers never actually needed to make work because it doesn't matter. Like just presenting the question to the to the viewer is enough. Yeah. Right, like we don't need to know exactly what was going through Malcolm's mind. No, no, but it's a thing. It's just, it, but it is interesting. It's, it's an interesting choice for John Berman to play there. Like exactly, yeah. I, I appreciate that. There's there's many possibilities there. Malcolm confesses he wasn't a very good father, and Tom says, "You never told me where you went." And this is where we get a reveal. Malcolm says, "I found myself in a place called Nanda Parbat. I met a man there. He helped me make yeah. sense of things. He helped me to find a purpose for my life to make the city a better place for everyone, especially for you." Uh, and and Tommy says basically, how are you going to do that? And Moira comes in at that moment. So, but we do get some backstory. Uh, we get an allusion to Rachel Ghoul, um, and we start to put together like you know what what Malcolm has been driven to. Mm-hmm. Um, Moira comes in, and he and uh, Malcolm and she have a a tete a tete for a moment. 
And Malcolm says, we have a traitor in our midst. I want you to find out who he just made his last mistake. So he doesn't know it's Moira. He's consu- assuming it's, you know, someone I don't, or the other. I don't think he could even wrap his head around it. No, I don't think. And this is where, again, like the layers are fascinating to me. Because not only do we have Moira, who, as we discussed, you know, at some point had an affair with Malcolm, is now trying to kill him. But we also have the vigilante, Oliver, saving his nemesis without knowing it's his nemesis but also saving the person from an assassination set up by his own mother so like the triangle there is like super complex but also kind of awesome that there's all those different like machinations going on oh it's great it's great like because like once you get a triangle like that set up it's you know kind of like a love triangle right like you realize it's not a love triangle, but like same premise. Like not everyone yeah. can get it's, out of it's this. It's a murder triangle. It's a murder triangle. It's the opposite of a yeah. love triangle. Yeah. But it's, it's like it's what you, me, and Moles get up to <laughs> during during the off season. Yeah, we just set up. We have our con- uh, competitive murder triangle events. But yeah. it's you know fundamentally the point being, not everybody can get out of that with what they want, right? Like right. by definition, exactly. someone has to lose something. Yes. Which, which is, is that's the way to set it up. That's the way to do conflict and storytelling. Such a great setup. Such a great setup. Yeah. Um, Tali and Ollie have a chat outside, and, um, like, you know, basically Tommy says, I once asked you what happened to you on that island. And he remembers, basically confirms that Oliver killed the guys in, in the first episode that kidnapped him. Yeah. Well, he even says, I saw you kill those guys, didn't I? Yeah. Right. Exactly. He basically Which we kind of got the hint of that he was kind of waking up. Yes. But I did like that. I mean, he never ratted them out, and maybe it was like. He, he just wasn't sure what he saw. Yeah, so he just kept his mouth shut. Maybe, maybe they're maybe just do? hugging like, them really hard around the neck. <laughs> well, you know, whatever it was, he wasn't he wasn't certain enough to say anything to Ollie or anybody else, and I, I appreciate that. Yes, and so it makes it that much more interesting when Tommy's only question is, "Were you ever going to tell me?" And Oliver answers honestly, "No." Um. And Tommy basically just walks away. Yeah. Um, I do like Ollie's uh, honesty. Yeah, he's forthright about that because why would he yeah. tell him? Right? Like, yeah. there's just yeah. exactly. It, it would just well, at this it, point, it, at this point, it's like, Kate, look, you know the only thing that actually really matters. So, you know, welcome to the club. You get to know anything you want, right? You know, more or less. Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to be telling him the the body count so much, but. <laughs> <laughs> like the broad strokes you know um meanwhile laurel is leaving her apartment to meet tani tommy opens her door and dinah is there oh no my notes say poor alex kingston's terrible american accent yeah that's okay i love alex kingston so much and it's a shame that they they could have just made her be british it would have been I don't fine know why they didn't do it it's fine who like it's, does just, she need- it's just like making her work with like a hand tie behind her back i feel like yeah yeah, I don't know why they did that. But it's whatever, random. Uh, yeah. And she, she says, should have said like, uh, "Hello, sweetie." Yes, yeah, that would have been uh-huh. pretty good. Yeah, that would have been too stupid. Um, and she, and she says it's about Sarah. I think she may be alive, and that's where we are left. Yeah. So there's so much to this episode that gets paid off in not just this season, but subsequent seasons. Yeah, I I think. We start to unravel all these layers at this point, right? Like, you know, there's all these different characters with their different agendas. And we start, we're starting to get a clearer picture of the undertaking, but we're starting to get an idea it's not a unified front. And that Oliver is kind of, 
in some ways been thrust in over his head, right? Like, cause he's getting involved with all these power players and oh, yeah. he's just like, he's like a bulldozer, right? Like he is just like going straight through on his mission, which happens to be cutting a swath through these people, but he's not really in any way clear on what the big picture is here. No, no, he's not the smartest fish in the bowl. He's none of like what he's doing. His, his mission doesn't make sense because he doesn't understand what the actual list is about. Right. They are bad people and they have failed the city. And, you know, he knows that his dad was organizing them somehow, but right. He has no idea what the hell he's playing with. And he's dummy enough that he hasn't really, or sorry, he's not introspective enough that he's actually bothered to ask what is at stake and what is happening around him yet. He's getting there. And I think, uh, the addition of Felicity is helping him understand that a bit more. Right. Like, why are we going after this guy? He's, uh, like, who's the guy that he was going after? She had an email, something about his son. Oh, he was a widower and he was trying to do something for, I don't know. I forget what the excuse was, like, why she didn't want him to go after that guy. Right. Oh, yeah, he had, he was a widower and had a son, so, like. Yeah, and all he's like, I was just going to go scare him. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think she's pointing out, like, look, these people are not evil, right? They no, may no, be unscrupulous, they may be immoral, but, like, they they have redeeming qualities. Yes, in some ways. Uh, they're humans, right? Like, they're, they're not circumstances, maybe, but yeah. They're not yeah. people, they're not na- just names to be crossed off a list. They are people with lives that you are ending and affecting, like, all these other people in their lives, too, right? Like, and right. this is, essentially, this is the setup for season five yes like and i think that's one thing i really liked about season five was that it was about acknowledging the consequences of stuff that oliver did earlier on in his crusade and realizing like he was just blatantly murdering people and a lot of those people had families and had other people in their lives and so he's sort of having to atone for that and i think that that's a really strong if you're going to focus so much on Oliver and the killing dilemma, you need to show that there are consequences for taking those actions that, you know, end up having an effect on his life. And I think that yeah. is where they did succeed doing that really well is, is in illustrating that. I agree. Uh, rewatching season one, uh, I've come around. Uh, I, I really liked season five. Uh, but the fact that it was like just some dude's kid who went and trained up and was all of a sudden, this unbeatable badass uh, irritated me a bit. But from I, from the writer's point of view, I'm sure they went and rewatched season one. Sure. Or at least read the script again. Uh, and I think they, they really tied it up remarkably well, given what we've been saying so far. Well, and, it, and it makes sense, right? Because the whole point of, you know... Adrian Chase is that he follows Oliver's path, right? Like he's an Oliver mm-hmm. groupie and he goes if Oliver can train up in 5 years, there's no reason he can't in theory. Like we saw what Oliver started as and we saw how he ended up. Yeah. And he ended up there because of circumstances beyond his control, true enough. But if somebody set out like Malcolm to go and, it, and Malcolm what the interesting part about that too is we learned that Malcolm only went off to Nanderpat for 2, two years. years. I mean, granted 
he's also that was when Tommy says he was eight. So we assume that was 20 years ago. So clearly he's, you know, he's been keeping in shape. He's been working out uh, maybe every once in a while flying off to the League of Assassins gym and like doing a little workout there. Yeah, because I mean, he was the, the right hand of Rajal Ghul, which seems like that's not a job you get after phoning it in for two years. Yeah, right. So, I mean, there's 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 more gaps there, like, or there's more stuff going on after he has sort of joined up with the League of Assassins. Clearly, he must have kept... I mean, at some point, we know that he does split with them, um, but we're not... There's still some timeline questions in there, but not that I think yeah, it's super important. And it's but, not entirely clear when he splits, and, you know, knowing Malcolm... Uh, when he and his heart split and when he actually right revealed his duplicity to to Rachel Gul could be very disjoint in terms of timeline right yeah i i agree i think that there's clearly a lot of stuff going on there yeah. it's a very like if somebody told me he spent 3 years using league resources to get his uh unapproved sure glades mission done i would not be surprised no that's that's not surprising yeah. I would, be, I would honestly, I would be surprised if comic book Rachel Gould didn't recognize it, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Rachel Gould we saw in this show didn't see that because that guy was a bit of a goof. <laughs> true, true enough. Um, I forgot to do the quick flashback recap. Um, oh, yeah. In the flashback, uh, basically Oliver's trying to do a pull-up, can't even do one, much less a salmon ladder. Uh, which is funny. I like the ex- the lengths they go to to dress him in ways that it's not apparent that he is as ripped as current Stephen Amell is. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> just fundamentally, you can't. There's not much you can do about that at this point. No, no, so they just can't. put him because, in bulky clothes all the time because he's more ripped than uh, Slade is. Yeah, they're they're pretty. Close. I mean, they're both pretty. Well, the believe me, yes, Slade's. But Slade's got that uh, like a bulk to him. Yeah. Like an intimidating bulk, I guess. That, that's and they're, different. They're trying like, to make Ollie look a little more like doughy in the past, but he's exactly, it's, yeah, you know. But cre- full credit, he pulls it off. Um, yeah. They they argue about finding another way off the island, and Slade makes a suggestion that Oliver should go collect all the bamboo and they'll build a raft like in Gilligan's Island. That was kind of funny. Um, I uh, Oliver like notices there's a radio unit in there and it doesn't work, but he thinks. Maybe he can make it work, and and Slade's like, really, like how? And and Oliver, this is the first time we get mentioned that he he mentions that his father was a pilot, uh, mm-hmm. and that he used to like basically play around with the electronics and help him fix stuff. Um, and that's the you know later on when we learn he can fly a plane, and then even later on, I think in season five, we essentially learn that his dad taught him how to fly a plane. Um, so. That was I, I had forgotten that got alluded to this early. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot. I f- yeah, I also forgot because uh, I kept thinking it was like something that he. I, I was ready to headcanon that away as like you know what basic training for being an Argus person is. You know how to fly like he, a he single prop plane. How to play it? How to fly like a random plane? Good luck, you know. But yeah. Um, Oliver eventually fixes the radio or is trying to fix the radio. Slade comes back with a boar that he's killed. Um, yeah, Slade's just over his shoulders. Awesome. <laughs> just that like, thing is like, here's the thing. They're going to have to make like some kind of boar jerky out of that because it's not going to keep. <laughs> that's not going to keep. But I am impressed that Slade could go out. And he's like, oh, I sat in a tree for six hours. Of course If you, you could bring back that boar 
after six hours of sitting in a tree, you are amazing. Any, any, like that, that'll feed you for a week. Um, Ollie fixes the radio and they hear transmissions that clearly are like flight transmissions, but then realize when Slade tries to send an SOS that they are only receiving, not transmitting. Yeah. Um, and at the end, uh, Slade plays with the radio and basically finds fires his channel and sees that he's uh, talking to someone about Scylla arriving. And Oliver remembers once again, this is also from the Odyssey and that it's a monster. Uh, Slade yeah. says he wants to meet the monster and asks Oliver if he's going alone. Oliver picks up a knife, joins him. Uh, Oliver it, picks, so Slade picks up his sword, puts two giant swords in his back. Oliver picks up like a Bowie knife. <laughs> it's basically a butter, butter knife. It yeah. may as well be a butter knife. It's like the smallest thing there. But anyway, whatever. He's on board. Um, they eventually go and f- back to uh, Fires's and find that Scylla is in fact an anti-aircraft missile launcher and Slade points out you could shoot down a commercial airliner or start a war. Or hey, you know what? Maybe both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am upset that later seasons undermined what this was about. But then whatever. There you have it. Yeah. So there's our I mean, so, setup. well, actually, because she's in this episode, I thought I, China I didn't Way rem- is supposed to be on that plane, and shooting a missile at her is supposed to be the way to kill her. Uh, she doesn't seem that hard to kill, frankly. Yeah, Oliver's got her dead to rights, as we pointed out. Yeah, like I don't know, send a couple of hundred Argus agents, and uh, pretty sure you got her. She's good, but you yeah, know. there's there's a lot of questions about this that don't entirely make sense. I had forgotten exactly what Scylla was, and for a second thought it was China Way. But I was like, oh, yeah, no, like, no, that no, would have no, a good code name for her. But well, Scylla's a Hydra, right? It's like a many headed monster, I believe. Uh, yeah, Scylla is the one of oh, them's a, the one of them's a monster. And one could of them's be a, the whirlpool. Maybe no, Carib- whirlpool. I think Charybdis is the whirlpool, as yeah. I recall. Yeah. So, anyway. yeah. yeah, so there we are. This is a uh, I think this is a pretty solid episode. I, I, I firmly give this one a biff. Yeah, this is a biff holding hands with uh, Damien Dark, <laughs> giving high fives to this season's Malcolm Merlin, <laughs> with Slade Wilson applauding it. <laughs> so you feel good about it, is what you're saying? I don't know. That's probably over the top, because there's better episodes to come, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I feel good. It's, it's a biff, for sure. Yeah, I think there's a lot happens here. A lot of pieces are are basically put into motion, right? Like not even like we're past the table setting phase. Stuff starts happening. Reveals are made. Yeah, um, we're really in like the we basically hit the last th- third, you know, of the yeah. season at this point. Yeah, we mean business at this point. Uh, we stalled a little bit after uh, the Christmas thing. Yes, like we're uh, and. That works well narratively because uh, Ollie also stalled. Yes. Like he had the, the confidence literally beaten out of him. Uh, yeah. But now, you know, things are picking up, things are being revealed, both in the flashbacks and in the, uh, the, the current day. Our team is assembled. Yeah. Yeah. The people who need to know who he is know. Yep. In order to create conflict, we've got uh, Felicity is the conscience. We've got uh, uh, 
I guess I don't know. Diggle is. I don't. He's not Yoda yet. He's. Uh, he's also a little bit the conscience, but mostly just the like trying to keep Oliver alive more than anything. Yeah, they're part of a, a choir, right? Like I don't know how to describe their roles per se. But uh, the third member of that uh, being Tommy. Okay, there's a, let's just say there's a spectrum of acceptance. Yes. Diggle, not happy about it, but he's joined up to try to keep him on the straight and narrow. Uh, at this point, um, well, I guess Tommy always really hates him. But in the middle, we've got uh, Felicity, who is okay with his methods so long as he's... Not, she, she's, she's, she's not okay with the methods, but she's okay with the extrajudicial... She's trying exertion to, of power she, in order to protect innocent people. She's using him as a means to an end at this point. Yes, like yes, she yes. still wants. She's as she's repeated. She wants to find Walter, uh, yes. and so she is basically content to be on the team as long as that is sort of. They're not really doing anything towards that right now, but like, yeah. well, in, because this mission specifically had nothing to do with Walter, and yet it uh, assuaged her. Um, her reticence to help him, right? Right, because he's like trying the, to stop somebody from getting murdered, right? Like, yeah, so it seems... and so she's like, okay, I can get on board with that. Yeah. So that's, I, I think it is, we've got yeah. the dynamic starting to figure out, and then part of that is because yeah. we do have the previous episode where the, we can show that they can kind of joke with each other and stuff, like, that establishes that these people can be yeah. friends or friendly yes. in addition yeah. to colleagues, and that's an important dynamic to have. Yeah. Also, and it just occurred to me, uh, I believe it was the episode immediately after Dig was brought on board that we had the uh, the Royal Flush Gang. Mm-hmm. If not immediately, like very soon after, um, where Dig basically forced Oliver to go do something altruistic that had nothing to do with his stupid mission. Yeah, it's a couple S- episodes later, but yes, yeah, but yeah, but similarly, uh, Felicity d- does the same thing. Everybody, everybody gets a freebie when they join. Yeah, it's like, like, what's, okay, what's your fine. problem? Go, yeah, what's your problem? I'm going to go sort it out. Okay, we happy now? Back right, to the list. Back, back to the list. Back to what we're doing. Yeah. Which is interesting, and it's, whatever. it's cool. It speaks to all these character. Because I don't think he wants to be, like, an avenging angel. He's, he's not... I think, he, I, I think he, his mission is what he states it to be, right? Which is, I'm going to try to undo the harm that my father has done. Yeah. Right. It's not, I'm going to go out and shoot every bad guy with an arrow. It's personal. It's, yeah. This time. This it's, time it's personal. This, ta- this time it is indeed personal. Yeah. Um, anyway. Well, we have rambled on for a long time here. Um, so we should probably wrap it up. Any last thoughts about Dead to Rights? Uh, no, I really enjoyed this one. I kind of wish Maltz was here because, it, well, it would have gone even longer. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, no, it was good. This was good. And we're in a good home stretch. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, the next few here. Well, um, we will be back next time to talk about the double feature of The Huntress Returns uh, yeah. and Salvation. Yeah, I think we get Anyway, whatever. <laughs> well, we'll leave that for, uh, yeah, for next time. Wanna... And we're getting ever closer to the premiere of Season 6, which we will, of course, be covering. Yes, which, by the way, is why we're barreling ahead with or without uh, the best member of the show. <laughs> uh, because we just don't have 
the many weeks left. We have yeah. to double up. Time is time week is running we have to out. Triple up. Yeah, I think we, the last we, week we'll be doing a triple feature. That yeah. one might run pretty long. It'll well if this one is any indication. Yeah, that one will run long. But uh, I think it works as an entire piece, so I think it's good. Yeah, I agree. All right, yeah. thanks for uh, reading along, everybody. Guy English, thanks for being here. Thanks, man. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, thank you for tuning in, Biff uh, Book Club. We will see you next time.